Welcome to another episode of Brew Roots. I'm Erica. And I'm Matt. And this is the podcast that tells you the stories behind your favorite beer. Each week we take a look behind the scenes at the craft beer industry. This is Will Fisher. And this is Jake Austin. And we're from Austin, Austin Street Brewery. And you're listening to an episode of Brew Roots. That sounded so good. Yeah, I always love it when our guests are able to like nail it on the first take. And I, I vividly remember them just being like, just boom, snailed. they snailed it even. What does that mean? I don't know, guys. Okay. Right, cool. But uh, welcome to another episode of Brewers. Thank you guys you for uh, tuning in. And thank you, more importantly, to tuning in to last week's episode featuring our friends. Element. Yeah, that was awesome. I uh, really, really enjoyed that episode. Shout out to Dan. Yeah, what up, Dan? Dan the man. And you know what? We always appreciate when the, the breweries share our episode because, believe it or not, our he listenership... He went to town sharing it. Skyrockets. Yeah. And it's only good for your brewery. So, uh, yeah. And I hope good our good for you is good for us. And I know our guests this <laughs> week, uh, Austin Street. They'll do the same. They'll do the same. Jake and Will. Yeah. So we uh, a couple weeks ago. What about a month ago? It was I think well more than a month ago. It might have been was a bit s- more than a month ago. Was there still snow on the ground? No, wasn't that. No, long. I, was, wasn't I remember that longboarding long. up there. So we definitely were wearing like sweatshirts and pants though. Yeah. Yes. I was Today not we are. Not. I think it was <laughs> yes. like April. Yep. Okay. That yeah. sounds right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, we made a trip up to Portland and we ate a lot of good food. Mm-hmm. We drank a lot of good beer. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did. That's what you do there. Um, we recorded this awesome episode with Austin Street. Yeah. But before we get into that, we Let's have... Let's get into some sensory training with Ryan. Yeah. So we, as you guys have known, have been training our palates by um, taking part in the Cicerone courses, thanks to our friends... That's this room. Yeah. Yeah. Who love our podcast and want us to have better palettes. Um, so we can better inform all of you listeners. In this week's episode, you won't hear Ryan talking as much because Ryan got his wisdom teeth out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> so he's a cute little if chipmunk. Ryan isn't and <laughs> the beer I chose, I chose the beer this week were the ones that you do definitely don't need a trained palate to taste. No, he, sh- he should be able to pick these out pretty well. Right. One is definitely going to be a curveball, for sure. Um, so the one that's lighter in the Idle Hands glass. The hazy one. Yeah. Shout out to Idle Hands. Listen to our previous episode. Shout out. Um, <laughs> he always makes such great faces. Yes. So Ryan wins. What does it smell like? What do you think, Ryan? I know it too. What is that? Ooh, he knows it is a familiar smell. You know what? The smell is very familiar of this because we tried it this yeah. week. Yeah. And it's something you wouldn't expect. Should we give him a hint? It smells no, like bacon no. soda. We d- Ooh. <laughs> wow. Wow. All right. All right. There are no hints allowed in this. Vinegar, game. like vinegar and bacon soda, like apple, apple, okay. apple cider vinegar. You're on, you're on the right test. Not bad. Yeah. So not why bad. don't you? you you're, we know that your nose is working, sound guy. So uh, take a Let's sip. See you, this is gonna burn my stitches, isn't it? No. No, it's gonna clean them. Exactly. <laughs> How do you feel? It burns a bit. <laughs> um. So Ryan, if you were to guess, well, what type tell of us what you're tasting. Like, what we need, like the full sensory here, or does he not know what he's tasting? It tastes like apple cider. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. So Ryan, we may have never had this substance that you're drinking this ever might before. Be a first, yeah. 
Uh, if you were to guess, before we get into that, is this a high in alcohol, con- um, alcohol, or is it low? I mean, it doesn't taste that strong, but that really doesn't mean anything. Okay. Okay. And is it something that you like? Would you have it again? Yeah, I would definitely have okay. this again. What other cool. flavors are cool. there? Do you taste any, like, you said that smells vinegary and, you know, but do you taste vinegar? Maybe a little bit, but. What's the I overall think, flavor? Like a fruit of some kind. Okay. So, right. Fair. So Fair. the, uh. Beverage that you are drinking today is Erica. Why don't you let them know? It's a uh, kombucha. It's kombucha. I don't know what flavor you got though. That is the vanilla one. Oh, it's vanilla. vanilla. Ooh, that was a good one. I guess I taste a little bit of vanilla, but not, I see. That's not. I, I that's not yeah. what I would peg. But it is made kind of like vinegar, so Correct. it would go to vinegar if you let it sit long enough. Okay. So the fact that you smell that's pretty good. Yeah, so yeah. good job. Well done. So that is actually less than uh, the whole bottle, which is half a growler, um, 32 less ounces. Less than 3%. I don't know what exactly it is. That beer is less than half a percent. Oh, it is half a percent. Okay. So that, that alcohol, fermented substance, is less than half a percent. That beverage. Beverage. So Wow, you could drink that like literally all day. No, you really could. You, you would never get drunk could, off yes. of it. It's really nice. But huh. we do not suggest you drink kombucha and drive because there's no, some alcohol in it. There is still alcohol in it. Yeah, so and still shouldn't do that. Technically, it would be an open container. Yep. Technically. So thanks to our friends at Craft Tea. in Worcester, Mass. Yeah. Look out for the episode because similar to our meat episode. You're going to learn like, a lot. We it was awesome. so much. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Erica and I both went into that episode like completely so, cold. Yeah. Like yep. we did not study up for that one because we wanted the, well we wanted the to experts, like, exactly yeah. we wanted to talk to them about kombucha and like yeah. really learn so was so. that the place where you guys posted like the margaritas or something yeah that when i shared the post yeah. i shared yeah, yeah. it was like they, a, had a, they have a, a mojito mint, uh, oh. kombucha. minty mojito which yeah. well, didn't I they have like a flight nope was that you guys no 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 another podcast thanks must be the sound no. Thanks, yet. no all right so the next one was <laughs> Was poured out of our favorite vessel. Yes, our favorite growler, yes. if you will, Craftmaster growler yeah. to be specific. So Ryan, this one, sh- I want you to smell us and tell smell it and tell us <clears throat> what you think it is. The smell. Um. The sniffing sounds are great. First thing that comes to your mind. First thing that comes to your uh, mind. Sour Patch Kids drowning in bleach. <laughs> I love that. Okay, yes. Uh, so we gave you a pale ale with Sour Patch Kids drowning in bleach. So, uh, so why don't you... Ryan, the Cicerone courses are paying off. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting so close. Yeah. Take a sip. Tastes like a candy. Okay. 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 Yeah. What flavors are you getting though? Yeah. Um, sugar count. Sure, <laughs> sure, but like, any kind of specific flavors, other than sugar. Watermelon. Oh mm. boy, you are way off. You're, little, you're a little All off right. there. So we're gonna do what we Have call. Have you had ever had pies? Yeah, I've ever had a pie before. Uh. I mean, yes, but I. 
don't eat a lot of them. Okay. Okay. Well, would you have this again? Do you like it? Yeah, no, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. Okay. All right, so I'm going to do our can reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, lime. Key lime pie, key right? Yeah, I, I get that. It's a Great Nation <laughs> Brewing Key Lime Pie, which is a... Great Notion, actually. Great Notion, sorry. Thank great you. Notion. Wow. Which is a very <laughs> sought-after can, Ryan. Is it? And it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. This is what all those cool hipsters It tastes really good. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Yeah. So it's not bad, right? Now that you say that, I know that this, that's what that, that, that is. That's that flavor yep. you're tasting. So yes. yep. the Key Lime yep. Pie is a tart and refreshing Goza-style ale brewed mm. with key limes, vanilla, beans, coriander, sea salt, and milk sugar. None of which you nailed, Ryan, so you need to study. <laughs> you need to study I said sugar. He did say sugar, but not lactose. Not milk specifically. sugar. Yeah, right, so you right. need to refine your palate by taking more courses for the Cicerone. Yep, yep. And, uh, you need to heal up those... Molars, heal up those beautiful wounds. I mean, I have to use that like mouthwash that has like the antibiotic as the antibiotic, and like literally, I can't taste anything. Nice, it's actually kind of bad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, but hey, I tried. My nose, my nose was your nose was on point today. Your your nose description was pretty pretty close to key lime pie. But I can bleach. You know what? It's funny. I can't. Obviously, I'm not smelling the bleach. I don't. But I, the, the sour patch, I do definitely smell yeah. from the can. Yeah. I sure. I taste sour patch. Yeah. The lime one. But it's a good beer, right? No, really. Wow. Cool. Yeah. It's a good you beer. You didn't say that before. Yeah. So uh, thanks to our friends, Great Notion out of uh, Portland, Oregon, for our, your delicious brew. Yes. Well, I think that pretty much covers it all for this week. I think so. Let's um, cue up the audio for this week, Brian. All right. We're going to go listen to our interview with Jake and Will from Austin Street Brewery. Cheers. Cheers. All right. So Ryan and Erica, we had lofty goals to be a little bit more intoxicated than we are. We're not. We're doing pretty well right now. We're. I don't know what that says about I, us. I Either we're becoming thing. like conditioned to drinking or... We're just smarter. Maybe. Is that a classy way of saying alcoholic? I can't classify myself as that. All right, great. But maybe we're on our way. <laughs> but uh, we are okay. here in, finally, we are actually in Portland, Maine. We've been saying, oh, we're in Portland, Maine, but we are actually in Portland, Maine right we've now. We've really only been skirting Portland, Maine. Yeah, we've been yeah. on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, and we're on our third stop. We are. Of our main excursion, our two-part main excursion. Um, and we're here at Austin Street. And we are not... At the one on Industrial Way, which many of you people might be familiar with, because there's a bajillion breweries, and now this is like the bajillion Industrial one. Way 2.0 bajillion brewery <laughs> area. Bajillion plus one. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we are here with Will and Jake. Yes. I did well it. Well done. I did well it. done. I knew it. I was just a, I was just being a jerk. Uh, what's up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. Thank you for uh, taking some time out of your busy day to do this. We appreciate it. Of course. I know how busy a brewery can be. And... I think everyone's pretty busy yeah. nowadays. Yeah. 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 It's like, <laughs> you ask somebody, they're like, I'm busy. Yeah. But. Um, so we always start our podcast by asking your role here at the brewery and then your first memory of beer. Hmm. Uh, so I'll lay, lay it out a little bit. So Jake and I are 50-50 owners of Austin Street Brewery, and I would say I'm head of operations. So essentially the, the business side is the easy way to break that out. Um, first, memory of beer, personal or just overall? 
whatever you want to share i mean if what you do got... you first remember yeah. well someone someone recently asked me what my the first beer I ever drank was which is a warm miller genuine draft out of a can Amazing. Um, <laughs> but i remember my dad drinking um rolling rocks as a kid yep yep cool uh yeah so like i said we're both 50 50 owners uh, i'm definitely more on the brewing side production packaging all that uh, as far as my first beer memory, yeah, my dad, I guess, drinking just whatever cheap beer, honestly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's probably a Budweiser back then. Yeah. Uh, nice. Do you guys ever, do you guys remember your first craft or I guess now is probably not a craft what you would have considered a craft, you know, <laughs> when you first tried it? I remember drinking uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Anchor Steam, like yep. my first two early memories. Yeah, Sierra Nevada Pale for sure, and uh, Sam Adams Oktoberfest yep. was a favorite. Nice. <laughs> it's long, long, tra- long trail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. We would think of those beers as like, well, I don't know, even now with the Doghead. <laughs> doghead merger, yeah, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> we won't ask any questions about that. <laughs> but um, so we're in Maine, as many of you guys can tell by this. Um, what is the Maine beer scene, first and foremost, like known for? Uh, I'll take that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, just a really great community, I guess. And I would hope the perception is uh, high quality across the board. Uh, that's my sort of perception of Maine beer anyways, is there's a lot of breweries and a lot of really good ones at that. Cool. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what was your original plan growing up? I assume you didn't like dream up. You want to be a brewer? Yeah, no, I, I wanted to be a brewer yeah, <laughs> since I was five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Knew it. <laughs> yeah, they don't have the brewery place sets for kids, do they? <laughs> right. Uh, no, honestly, I didn't even really drink good beer until I was uh, after 21, honestly. Yeah. I uh, had no idea I would ever do something like this yeah. in my life. Yeah. That we would get to a point where we had two locations and all that. It's just kind of crazy. And yeah, definitely not on my mind. <laughs> But now, obviously, a big, big part of my life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think um, when Jake and I had met up, Jake had been homebrewing for a while. And um, I always want to start a business but have don't have a craft or a skill in right. that area, per se. Um, I really can't, I can't even draw. I have like nothing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the beers at home were great. And we started talking. It was really Jake's initial, brought up to me initially probably. And that was in May of, like, May of 2013. I think we kind of decided to, to go for it. So Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, did you, uh, like, where did you cut your teeth before Austin Street, or is this your first professional brewing gig? Nope, yeah, just a home brewer turned pro. Uh, home brewed for, like, five or so years, and we just kind of went for it. I'd never had any experience nice. with a professional brewery other than just going to a lot of them and drinking a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. What did you uh, start brewing on when you, uh, first, well, when you first opened Austin Street, I should say? Uh, so we opened Austin Street on a one-barrel system, so oh, like 31 oh, wow. gallons a beer yeah. at yeah. a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have a one-barrel system, a handful of two-barrel plastic fermenters, yep. and yep. yeah, we just kind of went for it. and Made it work. We ran that for cool. like two years, too. Wow, two yeah. years. That's awesome. I have no idea how that... Because <laughs> we were brewing, I mean, a double brew day back then is more time than a double brew day yeah. here on a 10-barrel, yeah, just because sure. the system is so antiquated. Yep. But and they were getting these, you know, these small yields after like a weekend full of work. Yeah. Getting like five, six stills, <laughs> <laughs> and the taste room was open one to one point five days per week. And yeah, and yeah, we did that for a while uh, on our own, and then started adding employees a couple of years after. So, yeah, but it was great. We opened up within months of Bissell and Foundation in that building, yeah. and so well we were expecting to have some flow with Algash being there. But when we heard they opened, and then Bissell started selling substance cans right away, yeah, and uh, it was just madness. They were <laughs> slammed. 
That's awesome. Slammed. Filling hundreds of, <laughs> hundreds of growlers of patina yep. every day and just like yep. slaving, <laughs> filling growlers and rinsing them off and tagging yeah. them. And yeah. no complaints. It was a great start. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. Uh, being in like the shadow of Allagash and then at first, um, how was it? Was it difficult to kind of make your own name or was it just a natural progression? You know, people go to Allagash and then we're branching off into the breweries because it's there. You've seen turnover now. There's Bissell's no longer there. Um, now you have battery steel definitive no. yourselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say starting out in the industrial park was a great decision. We had no idea how well it would work out, but yeah, just honestly, like on a one barrel system, obviously you have no reach or whatever. Like we had no way to get our name out there really, but then luckily everyone's coming to Allagash Bissell and foundation mm -hmm. and just popping around the backside of the building to see us just to see what's up. And so, yeah, we just survived off overflow traffic, essentially, for a yeah. while. <laughs> yeah, for us, it was good to have those people there because we weren't trying to take anybody over. We were just hoping we would get some sort of, like, Something. Yeah, de deflect <laughs> some yeah. de deflection from yeah. the other breweries, but, which, which did work out very well. And they were always super helpful, too. Small-scale questions towards Bissell and Foundation and then any, like, larger-scale questions as we grew, especially Algash, was always there for us, but... Um, but we're there to answer any questions. And Rob Todd was just in here last. He comes in here every other week or so and gets Very a beer, cool. even at this location, and just That's says awesome. what's up. So yeah, um, yeah, good good people all around. Very cool. So um, the name Austin Street, obviously, was it just like a fallback? Like none of your original names worked, so you just went with that, or was that kind of like <laughs> was that, was <laughs> was that, that the, the idea? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, I was taking homebrewing pretty seriously, yeah. and a friend of mine did like design work and stuff. So we'd made up labels that said Austin Street Home Brewery on them. Okay. And then yeah, we kind of made a decision to open a brewery, and it was like, uh, what, what are we going to call this thing? <laughs> and a friend of ours was just like, uh, you have the name already, Austin right, Street Brewery. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, I can be talked into this. Sure, sure, cool. Yeah, so Jake's not at that house any longer on Austin Street, but yeah. it's, in, it's in Westbrook right near our other location. Okay. Um, and, and that's where we were in the garage, home brewing. And, yep. Um, and we were doing like free beer samples and stuff like that on the back porch and had started using that name and mm -hmm. some people started talking about it using that name as well so right it wasn't like much of a foundation to go off of but it was something Might we well just keep it. Drop, yeah. drop the home and go for it so how did you guys meet you guys friends before like um, you're the long story <laughs> <laughs> uh so well jake used to be married to my sister so we were okay. used to be brother-in-laws um and uh they're now separated, but uh, it was it was pretty straightforward, I would say, for not being not being the one married. Stayed my friends, yeah. <laughs> but we had already kind of we we're you know, uh, my sister Catherine is still in the picture. Helped us open, um, still still comes by. Yeah. We're we're still all close, and it's yeah. a it's still a, a great thing for everybody. But that's how we originally met and yeah. became friends. So, yeah, um, and just started sharing and sharing beers and drinking different beers at Navarre Res uh, downtown yeah. here and just hanging out doing that together so mm. when cool. did home brewing become less of a hobby and then you you what, what were you doing at the time were you you weren't just home brewing did you have what was your job no nope, uh, i was an auto mechanic for 10 years and yeah i don't know there was never any sort of like one moment of like all right we're gonna do <laughs> i have to go pro right? exactly <laughs> uh yeah well, it's it not just, something that happens overnight <laughs> no definitely not yeah just a slow transition of like i think will mentioned like just kind of sharing beers we'd drop them off at like our favorite bars and restaurants yeah. and just say, enjoy it, you know, not ask for any feedback, but they would reach back out to us to be like, yeah, I would buy this. Like, this is awesome. You've got, yeah. a, you've got a product here. That's so. cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's hard to get the, uh, I think that's, that's the big question is like when to make the jump and a lot of people approach this as well. And I, 
and asked us the same question now. And I've always said like, just get the, the product is all you have to really rest on at the end of the day. And to get, try to get candid feedback from people, which is, you know, when you're like home brewing and you're giving free beer to your friends and family. And my mom's like, I'm so proud of you guys. Like, so, yeah, yeah. And, just, you know, yeah. and, and so it's, there's a lot of great support and push, but yeah. to know if you have something to, to, to move forward with is the biggest question. And it's really hard to get honest feedback from people. People are, so true. Uh, don't want to like hurt your feelings and free beer is free beer, whether it's great or not. So getting that information uh, is kind of tough, but we felt like we were getting that from the industry folks we knew, which is good. So, awesome. how are you? How are you guys soliciting feedback today? Um, you know, you talk. Yeah, you're talking about feedback there, like Untapped, for instance, or beer out of kit. Yeah, do you guys use those at all? Or do you ignore the noise? Uh, I, I, mean, let Jake, I let Jay go through the online <laughs> stuff. Uh, I pay attention to it. I don't really. I don't, I don't obsess over it, I guess. I definitely pay yeah. attention because you have to. I mean, be foolish right. not to. Right. Uh, but mostly we rely a lot on our tasting room staff to get feedback from the customers that are actually right there in person drinking the beer. Uh, I know we rely pretty heavily on that, I'd say, at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talk every, we meet every week, twice a week for Sensory with front of house staff talking about our customers. And then we still self-distribute, so we have our own wholesale program here. We have 250 accounts now. Nice. And so I contact all those accounts uh, weekly basis for sales for wholesale. And so I get really direct feedback from them as well. And so we, we self-distribute by choice. We, we yeah. love it. It's a great way to stay in touch with our customers. And we... Uh, have our hands on every bit of product here whether we right. serve it in our taste rooms or whether it goes off premise we drop it off to the spot and we like that sort of control and the ability to do that at, at our size definitely so do you only uh, distribute in maine then or are you distributing elsewhere yeah that's our that's our distribution yeah. channel we do yeah. like we're headed down to new york this weekend to do some special events down mm-hmm. there we, we go to miami we've gone to miami in the spring as well so little little events but as far right. as Week to week, day to day. Where people all. can buy your beer. It's yeah. pretty much just in Maine. Yeah. 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 Cool. Hey, hey guys. This week's episode featuring our friends Austin Street Brewery out of Portland, Maine, could not be made possible without our awesome sponsor, Shirts on Tapped. Each month, they team up with a brewery and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using our promo code, BREWROOTS to get $5 off your first order. Head on over to Shirts on Tap today. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code, BREWROOTS, to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. Yeah. Um... You guys have two tap locations, um, and that's a trend we are seeing kind of in Massachusetts, where we're from, and, and we've recently were educated on some breweries that are opening two locations, you know, up in Maine. Is that um, what's going on in Maine to have, like, two tap spaces, or is what's what, what was the thought process of opening a new one? Um, we had always fantasized about having a spot on the peninsula in Portland. So if people have been in the Portland area, there's there's the peninsula, then there's the outskirts. And having a place, even though it's in the same city, this is kind of like a different space altogether mm-hmm. as far as tourism and, and, and uh, guests that come through. So that was always a, a goal of ours. And then it's it's so busy out in industrial waste still. And we started looking at the numbers, it would be crazy to, to not serve beer out there because yeah. it's just so busy. And it's, it's staying just as busy as we could have hoped it to stay. And I think a lot of people, yeah, get to a point where you want to grow, and the question is, do you keep your old space or get rid of it? Right. If you're out in the middle of the woods somewhere, and we couldn't uh, make any, we couldn't 
do it bigger there, we probably maybe would have shut down and moved, but that's a yeah. different, who knows what would have happened then. But yeah. Cool. Um, so we're at the new space. It's beautiful. Uh, Thank completely you. different than the industrial <laughs> yes. way one. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. If we'll talk about that. Is that, is this more of a, and I hate to use the word like upper scale, but I mean, this is more of a, like you're saying different crowd, right? Yeah. Different crowd dem demographic maybe. Yeah, we, you know, Jake and I looked, we had an architect here. It was way more of like a growing up project in a way where we had um, a lot of the same contractors we used for mechanical, electrical, but bringing in a, a proper architect to design the space, which really opened our eyes as to what we could do with this location. Um, and so we, we thank them for that insight. Um, and so it was kind of like those things where, you know, we were growing. Uh, and, and maturing, getting older, and so do our, our tastes and what we want out of our beer and the places we visit. And we, we kind of just assumed that our, our guests and our customers were growing as well. Yeah. Um, we could see that, and we thought that people would probably want more room and have the chance to sit down and stay longer. Right. So that was more room was just the general idea. This is just a bigger space altogether. But uh, giving our customers, you know, their starting families or, or whatever the case may be, a, a more comfortable space to sit and hang out for longer was, was the goal for our guests. Try to go beyond, like, the picnic tables and, like, <laughs> yeah. the old-timey light bulbs. And, yeah, like, you know, yeah. You, guys, you know the stuff. Yeah, <laughs> the no, definitely. The tasting room starter pack. Which, right. <laughs> which, industrial way is still very much that. So yes. I'm going to think that we're, like, hating on that stuff. No, no. Because we have picnic tables, <laughs> the, the cage lights from the ceiling, yep. Yep. Bar barrels to, to uh, for the patio, old barrels, but old curio barrels. But there's, like, a, a certain charm to that, right? Like, Yeah, for sure. And people, so I would say, use that word. The, the yeah. ambiance and the charm of, yeah. the, of the old space, as we're calling it. No, for sure. But still yeah. up and running. The staff is is cranking out there, and they're still um, doing great things out there, too. So That's awesome. So, again, we're in Portland, and you have two spaces now. How do you stay relevant or different, I guess, you know, from everyone else? How do you stand out? There's so many breweries. <laughs> uh, at this point, honestly, the space itself out yeah. there, I would say that yeah. tasting room, uh, I don't think there's anything quite like that around Portland or even in Maine, yeah. uh, the way we're kind of doing things out there uh, without hopefully being like pretentious about it or right. something. Like it's not anything <laughs> crazy or whatever. It's just, but it's, it's really just, cool. It is just yeah, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. It's a little brighter. It's a little yeah. more windows. Like, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we're in a safe, oh, cool. safe, wide open space. We don't do flights here. It's all full pours. Okay. But our staff uh, works diligently at the bar to discuss styles, mm. provide as many, um, what we call like a, a quick taste of each beer to talk yeah. about what it is. And the idea is that hopefully we get people into a, a, like a full pour that they that they will sit down and enjoy and from, for a full glass of that. Yeah. And we size all of our pours based on ABV. So we, we kind of help with that sort of like controlling what you drink throughout the day right. to help that selection process a little bit um and everything's the same price so we just control the the abv with size right. different size pours but our staff is super friendly and knowledgeable um and we again we go through sensory every week and, and keep them on top of the products but they do a great job so and that That's seems awesome. to pay off uh, a lot of people still come in and say do you guys do flights first question yeah, yeah. um and we you know we're not huge fans but we hope that uh, we're kind of designed to, to talk people into, well, here, you can still sort of try everything Start with a conversation for, with for them free, which is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And then move into a full pour. So, no, I like that. Speaking of your beers, what is the flagship for you guys? I hate that term, but is there something that you guys, uh, no, we love that term, honestly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. cool. Uh, patina pale ale. Okay. Uh, it's the one beer that I was working on, like 
as a home brewer from the beginning. I just, yeah. I don't know, I love like a hop forward pale ale inspired by stuff like Hill Farms at Edward. Yep. That sort of like new wave sort of like, maybe not like super juicy or whatever pale ale, but like hazy, very hop forward, lower, lower bitterness. Uh, yeah, that's our definitely our biggest seller. And it's the one beer we're brewing every single week, yep. basically no matter what. Yeah. And we're actually going to start brewing it almost twice a week. Oh, she's nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and we were at the the beer summit recently, uh, the Maine Brewers Guild beer summit here in Portland, and one of the owners from uh, Harpoon was there speaking and was talking about flagships. And yeah, I think the fear is like getting like stuck on a beer like that. Mm-hmm. And we've always really been happy about it. But he made the point like with Harpoon IPA, he's basically saying like if you have a flagship in this market nowadays, he's like you should be really stoked about that. So that's sort of like. Re, so you're kind like, of known for it, right? Like your name's out yeah. there. Yeah, my yeah. thought about that. I'm like, yeah. yeah, that is actually really nice to have something to like lean, to fall back on. And and I know a lot of people open with a beer and that they hope to be their flagship, and then yeah. something else kind of takes that space. Yeah. But that that was sort of our original intention, kind of by default, because we didn't have a very big system. But Bettina was always our go-to, and that was like our goal, and it, it has turned out really well. Um, uh, continually amazed how well that still sells. Yeah. And the positive feedback. You know, five years later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a market where everyone wants more like tropical juices, yeah. sort of right, yeah. right. like uh, Offset, you guys do Offset, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And those beers sell great, and you yeah. know, Offset and Never Under, Never Under is a huge beer. Uh, the excitement over that beer was, you know, bigger as it came out more than Patina is on a regular basis. But Patina is still the go-to. A lot of restaurants and bars to the the staff would be like, well, if they'll come in and say, I guess we'll come in and say, what should I get? And they'll start with a patina and go yeah. from there. Yeah. Um, and the same thing is here as well too. People I've never been in before, like here, try patina and yeah. let me know what you like about this or don't like about it and yeah. let's move to the next beer. So it's all about getting people hooked and we really strive to have like a really consistent high quality product so that when um, people do bounce from beer to beer, they're hopefully, even if it's not their favorite style, they at least can set back and say that that, that beer was well executed. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does your menu maybe change with Maine being a vacation destination in the summer? Um, do you guys tend to brew a lighter style beer in the summer, or is it something that you guys keep pretty consistent throughout the year? Uh, no, I'd say it changes definitely. Like we do our stout in the winter, uh, and that's a pretty sharp cutoff, unfortunately, of when people want that beer and when they don't want it. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a constant battle. When yes. is it okay? When is it not okay? Yeah. yeah. First 70 degree day, first 30 degree day. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And it is like that. They flip a switch. Yeah. It's like, okay, all right. Uh, but no, summertime, we do a beer called Rally. It's a 3.8% session IPA, uh, all main grains, actually, and all mosaic hops. And yeah, people just crush that all summer long, inclu- yeah. including us, yeah. honestly. It's a staff favorite for sure. I've had that. That's uh, really like yeah. that. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So do you tend to focus on main grown ingredients? Uh, we're trying to work them in more and yeah. more as we go. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can't just do everything with them, I guess. And some of the beers. Uh, of like, course, there's a challenge. Like right? Bettina is just so established how it is. Like yeah. I, I don't dare to change it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I could change it to main grains, but yeah, I don't, I don't dare to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as we go along, we make new beers. We try to think first, like, can we do main ingredients in this? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot more expensive. It's great, great quality, and we stand behind all the farmers. But for us to flip over to, it's essentially double the price in most cases per pound. So um, for us to flip over would be like a a big jump there. But like Jake said, yeah, if we can start start a beer off from, from scratch with that. Or if we do like a one-off beer, we try to do all, all main batch, ingredients and whatever. we start yep. a new a new series called the Heritage Series, which will be all main ingredients. Oh, so cool. 
Uh, so water, of course, hops, <laughs> uh, yeast, malt. So we have a, yeah. a yeast lab in Maine now that we're using. So it's a yep. true all main ingredient beer series. Um, so we're working on that right now. First, first one will be out soon, but yeah. And then committing a whole beer to it versus just putting a little bit in every beer. Yeah. That's kind of our idea. Yeah. So we can sit down and say rallies all main grain, yep. for example. Mm-hmm. So you guys have been in existence for how long? Would you say uh, five years this April? Yeah. yeah, you carried patina over from your home brewing days. Are there mm-hmm. any other recipes that you've carried over? Uh, the next biggest one would be six grain okay. our milk stout. That was sort of the other one that I was working on quite a bit. Uh, I just uh, we were at a beer fest in Boston, and I had what did I have uh, duck rabbit milk stout, and just fell in love with that beer and then that style. Yeah. And yeah, I just wanted to definitely, if we opened a brewery, I wanted to make that one of our signature beers for sure. And now they've become very popular all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we've noticed that. <laughs> we did, uh, you did rally too. That was called, That's true. used to be called yeah. crushable IPA. I mean, you gave it, <laughs> yeah. gave it a real name, but yeah. I, got, I remember That's, drinking that, that such beer. such a good name. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I remember drinking that Doc Rabbit beer actually. And we were both there and we're looking at you like, damn, this is, this is awesome. Well, so, yeah, out of a beer fest that we had like, I don't know, like 25 beers each from. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. Like That's a five, how that goes. For a milk stout to stand out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like a 5% no adjunct milk stout was like the most profound one there yeah. for me. That's so, super cool. Just perfect, so, perfectly executed. Yeah. yeah. So would you say that um, that's kind of where you get a lot of your ideas from, like just trying other beers and like, oh, wow, this is really good. I want to brew this myself or Uh, how does it come to you? I'd say so. Absolutely. Like in the homebrewing world, I definitely started out like initially like trying to clone beers. Yeah. Like exactly. And then kind of giving up on that pretty quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And then thinking about it more from like, let's take my favorite elements from these beers and kind of put them in there, but not try to, you know, mimic the flavor exactly. Yeah. Just pick my favorite parts of it. I think like we just we just met today and and we're talking about some new style stuff and and it was I had a couple beers this weekend and revisited a beer that's been been around Maine forever and a, and a new beer from Oxbow and we were just kind of talking about um, not obviously doing the same thing but of it course, sort of got, yeah. got me thinking or got us thinking about um, a couple of new beers to try out yeah so the parts of it you like there's just so much yeah. good beer on here like Jake was saying at the beginning of the conversation that there's you're constantly getting like um, you know. Uh, information and and ideas um from, from local breweries so yeah. it's a great area to be yeah. in but it's it's easy to duplicate right <laughs> no definitely Everyone, everyone's doing everything <laughs> so it's like yeah. to to do it not step on someone else's toes yeah. is, is definitely difficult but it's easy to make a name for yourself yeah. for sure so. yeah in that same vein we have trends uh, what, are, what are some of your opinions on like you know dessert stouts and you know those hazy hazy ipas <laughs> Uh, I have no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> there are no thoughts. Uh, I mean, hazy IPAs, we love them. We brew them. Uh, I think we do more IPAs than I think we would have, I think, starting out. I think we didn't plan on having multiple double IPAs in our lineup, multiple <laughs> different IPAs. Yeah. I don't think in 2013 anyone did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we thought we'd have, like, one IPA, one double IPA. That would yeah. be it. Yeah. But uh, as far as, like, pastry stouts and stuff, uh, the line, the personal line I sort of draw is like adding prepared foods to the beer, basically. (laughs) See, (laughs) people have been on my team all All day, day, except for me, too. (laughs) I know. I I truthfully don't think we're from Massachusetts, Erica and I, because we're like, crazy IPAs, what the hell? Uh. (laughs) Um, But as I noticed, I mean, you guys do brew, like, you do a Kolsch, you do black IPA. Um, I saw barley wine at one point. Um, is that just because it sparks your interest and it was something to do? You know, you can't, the Beatles can't play the same song over and over and over again. You know, like, yeah. 
Uh, I know everything we do, I guess, is done because we want to drink it, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing we think about. Like, what do you want to drink, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we try to do, so from there, like, kind of a semi-wide range of styles without just trying to do, like, every little thing. Uh, so we're not trying to be like a full spectrum brewery, but also not trying to do like just IPAs and pastry stouts, for right. instance. Right. Yeah, I think when we were when I was working in the front of house a lot more, guests would come in and we had like four draft lines on the old spot. Nice. And a guest would come in and ask us, you know, what was the best beer? And I was like, oh, like I really like them all. And they'd be like, oh, well, you're just saying that because you work here. But he'd be like, but they'd be, you know, he or she would say, but yeah, but like everyone's got the beers they just make because they have to. Like, what what's actually the best beer here? And I would always try to say without sounding like pretentious, like, no. <laughs> like we really we really believe that at least we've done these beers to the right, best of our ability right. and, and plastic fermenters at the time but <laughs> we really feel like we've done the best here and we, we're not we're, we're we have never and never will make a beer because because we have a hole to fill that might, yeah. be, that might be like the inspiration because like mm-hmm. oh we really should maybe have something like this but uh then we will go from there with the idea yeah. but but i can i can uh say that with affirmation that we've never brewed a beer because we had to or, cool. or just because it would sell yeah right, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. that's awesome that's very cool uh, any lesser style beers, you know, brown ale, we saw black IPA um, that you guys would brew or something, you know, harken back to your, your homebrew days, you know, homebrewers really try to keep those lesser known right. styles alive. Uh, the only thing I was doing more as a homebrewer was more like Belgian styles. Okay. Uh, but as a commercial brewery in Maine, uh, you know, especially like the original location was like literally in the shadow of Allagash. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, ah, I just don't feel comfortable doing like yeah. a Belgian whip beer. Like, can I do it better? Probably not. Yeah. yeah hard, to, good hard to beat. Um, we do a beer we talked about a lot lately is we did a Schwartz beer here called Succinct that we're, we're really stoked about. It was the first beer that hit our horizontal lagering tank here at the new space. And yeah, I saw this. That's a cool, yeah. super stoked about that beer. Just, uh, I think a well-executed version of a traditional, traditional style and, and stoked about that. Um, and we have a Kolsch is coming out, uh, will be packaged soon. And a, and a German Pilsner coming up right behind it. So we're definitely That's utilizing awesome. that, that lagering tank. And Summer of Kolsch. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, we're cool with that. Just, it's, they're just funny beers. They're, they're lower alcohol. They don't, you know, the, the, they're not too super expensive to make, but they just yeah. take, for, they they take, take a long time to lager. So yeah. it's always yeah. like, why, you know, we're doing we're kind of doing it again really just for ourselves. Like yeah. We just want to cross Kolsch. <laughs> and, and so do our guests as well. Yeah. Um, not easy to hide behind those beers. Everything comes up. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we learned that firsthand. So, um, but yeah, you, there's no way to you can't just like cover anything up. So, um, and I think every time I have a locally made blogger um, uh, pilsner, I'm, I'm always like really searching deep for like anything that's wrong with it because we're kind of like constantly right. looking for for that. So, like everyone here knows, when you have a beer like that done well, it's like that really stands out as being yeah. like, all right, this is like key. We want yeah. that that like initial feeling as well for our stuff. So for our brewer listeners out there, how is the uh, horizontal tank? Yeah. Like, I'm really curious. Yeah, what is the difference between? How does that between... differ? Uh, it's been great, honestly, as just the baseline of it is having a separate tank that's not a conical fermenter. Okay. The conical fermenters are all on a kind of a rigid time frame. <laughs> yeah. So we did, uh, we did the Kolsch last year, and we've done succinct before in the fermenters. And it takes up an entire turn of, like, we could have done, like, another IPA in that same yeah. amount of time. yeah. So the lagering tank, at the very least, gives us a space to kind of push the beer over, mm-hmm. let it sit, do its thing, kind of forget about it, honestly, for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Let yeah. it kind of condition. In the meanwhile, we can get back to the beers that are kind of quicker turnaround beers. Yeah, we did the okay. coal and we there. It was like, we're sitting in the fermenter forever, and we're kind of waiting for it. And I was like, man, we could have done, like, 
two batches of florins and it yep. would, have, would have paid yep. for a lagering tank so i could just get the lagering <laughs> tank just but, do it. yeah but uh yeah it's been great it's everything drops out pretty quickly mm-hmm. um and and yeah so far so good yeah so beer wise would you say it's better having them in that than like a regular conical yeah or... i guess i didn't actually this is a i'm happy to admit i didn't understand the design purpose originally and yeah. from what i understand it, it that it's on its side it has a it's lot more less, surface area right more surface area but a less distance for the particulates to travel okay. as they fall yeah. out because they're falling down the yeah. side versus upright um which seems very simple but effective <laughs> yeah um yeah. and I, I, that seems to be the main reason but yeah it works great so. sweet we're happy to have it. And everyone's like, oh, you have a lagering tank? Everyone's like, <laughs> That's <"Dude."> so cool. <laughs> but then like, but I mean, like the beer, and I'm like, all right, just buy it. Like, it really yeah. lights the tank yeah. while the beer sits. Yeah. But we're okay with having cold. We'll keep the cold around so we can just drink and enjoy it all yeah. summer. It's such a nice That's beer. Awesome. So. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we excited. We do. Well, we're, we're very lucky, the area we live in. We have yeah. some really good loggers and yeah. pilsners. So. Um, you guys um, have been open, like we said, for five years. Is there something that you wish you knew five years ago that you that you are experiencing yeah um i don't know do you have any wow uh that's a tough one i feel like the answer is yes but i can't think of anything i'm drawing a <laughs> blank right now i feel like i remember like being it, like owning a business it's sort of like you're always half you're always trying to stay in business yeah. and so if anything that has just been more of a focus ever but mm-hmm. i don't think i don't think i've ever been a less of a focus like you're always you want to make sure you're paying your bills and keep everything rolling but um yeah it's just it's been there's a lot more people in the market right now as well of course but it's the focus is still staying in business and yeah and the original focus was quality and consistency mm-hmm. um on, on all of our beers so that that hasn't changed and, and ownership structure hasn't changed and we are we're happy to have uh what we have and and we wouldn't change a thing really yeah. so but yeah tighter market we were like number 38 five years ago and i was 130 140 yeah. so and we, we, we were opened, talking about that earlier today. we opened then and we were like yeah. we were like we literally said are there too many breweries now and, <laughs> and that was that was 100 plus no. breweries later so, so yeah. it's average 20 a year have opened since we opened in the small state yeah. and um so that we didn't necessarily expect but no one has a crystal ball so right, right. um just kind of go with it keep it rolling great neighbors uh great great uh great people you're working with in the state so mm-hmm. no complaints Social media has a big impact on beer at this point. Um, I see lights and a backdrop <laughs> over there. Uh, is that something you guys learned as you go, or, or when you were first just you know a two-man operation, or was it something that impacted you guys right away? Uh, so for me, my hobby before beer was photography. Uh, I was shooting for like a car magazine, did a few weddings, that sort of thing. Uh, so for me, it honestly started out as like, oh, I'm making these nice-looking beers, and I'm going to take nice-looking pictures of them, right. basically. Uh, at the same time, yeah, Instagram was kind of simultaneously blowing up, mm-hmm. uh, and now basically everybody's on there, yep. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, and yeah, I still like to do that, so I still shoot a lot of our, our social media stuff. Oh, you do? That's Yeah, because it's excellent. I was going to say it's really, Makes really sense, good right? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Uh, so yeah, we have another person on here named Jen, who does, she kind of runs the social media now, which is awesome, because I can just kind of like feed her pictures. <laughs> I don't have to worry about yeah. writing any you know, yeah. comments about them or anything. Uh, so yeah, we have a full-time social media person now, and that definitely, I think, <clears throat> that shows you the importance of social media, I mm-hmm. think, in this age of a small brewery like us has a full-time employee on board for right. that sort of thing, which, uh, that's something I don't think we ever thought of. <laughs> I think we were fortunate. When we, I look back now, I was like, oh yeah, social media, but I'm thankful that, that Jake did 
all the social media and, and just recently yeah. started working with Jen and, and took all the photos and all the posts. And that became so important so quickly. And so I'm grateful for that because I, it was not in my, like, it wasn't in my sights yeah. at all at that time. Yeah. Um, but it's key. It's how we talk to a big part of our, our customer base. Um, but there, we think about too, like, what if Instagram and just like shut down tomorrow? <laughs> like, what would we do? Like, we have like, email lists. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of scary. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's kind of scary to think about, you know, it's like if the power just went out in a way, like, how would we communicate with our, with yeah. our customers? Um, having tasting rooms is, is obviously a great idea because you, can, still, you yeah. can just come here and drink our beer right. instead of trying to figure out what's going on. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that we rely so much on a service that's essentially free yeah. um, to do all this for us. Yeah. Um, and what if it just went away? But yeah. That's another discussion. For yeah. let's, let's not think about that. <laughs> let's not. Yeah, that's scary. Waves of anxiety. <laughs> Jake, you use the adjective small to describe your, your brewery. Uh, you're not, you guys aren't small. <laughs> what, what are you guys brewing on right now? Uh, so we are on a 10 barrel system. Okay. Uh, we have about 160 barrels, I think, of fermentation space. Does that include the lagering tank? I can't That's remember. Does not include the lagering tank. Does not include the lagering tank. Uh, yeah, it's not tiny anymore for sure, but I'd say we're still small. To medium. <laughs> in the grand scheme of yeah. things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the time we've upgraded to this sort of setup, we've seen other breweries like Bissell and Foundation, for instance, in our same building just kind of blow right past us in yeah. production. Yeah. But that was just never our intention was to just crank out as much beer as possible. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying they are or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still consider us a small brewery in the grand scheme of things. We're still just barely under the main South Distro law. So I would say that's, that qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> so then are you planning on staying here? I know you said you really liked self-distribution. So do you want to kind of stay under that limit or do you have plans to grow above that um that maine has a really low threshold for Mm self-distribution so our goal unfortunately for the growth of a business it has been to kind of stay under that limit and actually make less beer um and because it's just that important to us yeah um we're working on some legislation to maybe change that Mm -hmm. um so we'll see how that goes but we can't we can't rest on that right um so that that would be the goal that'd be great if we could stay self-distributed um at least for the time being and as far as here we like to keep maintain both spaces as long as they'll have us basically yeah um you know we're, we're leasing both buildings and are the sections of the buildings that we're in. Yeah. Um, we love it down here. We're just getting ready to get into our first summer here on Fox street. Yeah. Um, we have a wine and cider program here not our own, but yeah. we, we offer wine and cider here now cool. as well. So, nice. um, it's sort of like a, you know, gluten-free or just a, a break for from, those who don't drink beer a break, right, or a break. break from, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which we enjoy. We, we talk about red wine and, and bourbon all the time. Yeah. Um, just to get away from, you know, it's a tough life, but there is such, <laughs> someone has yeah, to do all it. the sensory and just yeah. like, for yeah. me, I don't know as much about bourbon and wine as I do about beer. And I still have a lot to learn about beer too, but it is nice to go home and have a glass of wine and not really understand it and mm-hmm. just like enjoy it. And kind not have that moment back in the beginning, right? Like, when you first tried beer. Yeah. Right. You're always yeah. picking and you probably do the same thing. You pick apart yeah. every single beer you're yeah. in other people's and that's it's really hard to sit down and just like objectively drink a beer nowadays right. which yeah. is like yeah it's like, <laughs> no definitely it's a curse but i'm not complaining i <laughs> yeah. swear to god i'm not complaining but yep. but it, yep. relatively speaking yeah it's nice so. will you seem uh, pretty versed in the legislation that's going on here are you guys are you part of the main brewer guild or i know yeah. as, the, as the brewer you probably are but are you on the board or anything or um we yeah so main brewers guild uh I think pretty much 99% of the breweries in Maine are on the guild or with the guild, which is great. It's a very strong guild, awesome presence at the state house. I'm on the legislative committee with the guild as well. So, cool. um, working on passing stuff all the time, basically. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not writing bills. I'm, 
attending meetings and and, yeah. and submitting testimony at the state house, which has been a lot of fun. Um, and when I re really started to learn that that's where everything happens is at the state house, you know, that I really thought it would be it's crazy not to be involved with that. It has so much to do with the success of our business and this industry that it seemed to me almost like I was just like, I have to be there. I yeah. have to at least have my finger on the pulse and hopefully, um, and then become involved that too. That's great. But just to be able to be aware of, uh, what was going on, it seemed like my, you know, our duty and responsibility as business owners with, 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 a, especially with a market like this. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Where does Maine stack up, um, you know, legislative wise? Um, in the 50 states? Um, I know, as far as right now, I know it's information about like excise tax and self-distribution, as far as like the numbers are concerned, I personally think it's a great state to own a brewery in. We have a lot of allowances and privileges here in the mm -hmm. state, like having a tasting room. Yeah. A lot of states don't have that. And, you know, if it wasn't for the tasting room, we never would have started the business. And that's yeah. why you say that huge jump, because the legislation had passed about a year before we opened, where you can yeah. have a tasting room, on-premise tasting. And for us to open the one barrel system and sell it to wholesale, it, it, literally impossible. You're right, right. So uh, that, that's been great. So um, I think we have it pretty darn good here, for sure. There's a couple of things that we could change, but nothing's ever perfect. You of know? course. And, of course. And, and now, is, uh, aside from the market, having a lot of breweries, there's never a better time to kind of get started. I feel like it's, it's a great space. It seems like everyone's willing to help out. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And I'm sure that people are critical of each other behind, like, off the right, record. Right, we're you know? all kind of judging each other a little. Sure, sure. Especially <laughs> when you have a... It's one thing if you're making, you know, you're making plastic forks or something yeah. like that or, or chopsticks, yeah. and it's, like, kind of essentially the same product. But yeah. obviously it's competitive, and we're all enthusiasts. We're all beer, you know, craft beer enthusiasts anyways mm -hmm. at heart, or I'd say, you know, most of us are, so... Um, it's, it's hard not to, it's hard not to be critical yeah. of your, of your own yeah. products as well. Yeah. So for sure. Cool. So I, I think we kind of talked about what's going on in Maine, your, your tap space, but I want to get to know you guys just a little bit more. Um, where do you guys get your inspiration for your beer? Is it, we talked about it earlier, we like, talked about that like but like people like draw or they'll go for like bike rides or stuff like that. Is it more or less like, do you dream it up or something or is it just really just you know, sampling. I think it is. Yeah. It's sort of like happenstance when you're drinking the beer. Uh, yeah. We go to a lot of beer fest, obviously. Uh, there's a lot of great bars and restaurants in town. The brewery scene is strong. Uh, I'm hardly ever like purposely searching for inspiration or whatever. It definitely just kind of happens as I'm drinking something like, Oh, we could do something like this. Cool. You know, not exactly like this, but kind of put our twist on it. And yeah. So I'd say, yeah, just, just seriously, just drinking beer basically. Yeah. So going along with that, what would be in your fridge at home right now? Uh, in my fridge at home right now, uh, a lot of my stuff, of course, yeah. because I don't have to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, we formed a lot of great friendships, though, with breweries around here that yep. just drop off beer randomly, and we'll do the same thing for them. Right. Uh, so there's, like, some good fire in there right now. Uh, we went out to Vermont a few weeks ago, so there's still some Vermont stuff in the nice. fridge. Uh, besides that, there's always some sort of, like, readily available i don't want to say cheap but like affordable lager like yeah. Jack, jack's abbey yeah. or something is always yeah. in there nice i'd say pretty similar for me i just had a nice actually a bottle like we bought a kcbc last year i just nice. had it was like a apricot uh wild ale which is really good but yeah our stuff um and uh, algash oxbow it's just basically some some good go-to's but yeah we get a lot of beer gifted to us which is awesome um, and it's nice to kind of step away from our own stuff occasionally. I don't know what for I keep sure. for a cheap beer at home. 
You might have listened to our podcast. That's our next question. Yeah, guilty pleasure beer, I guess. Yeah. Oh, Modelo, twelve ounce Modelo cans all the way. I don't know what I love that beer. I don't know. Like sick habit. Yeah, Modelo for sure, which is something that you kind of got me into. And like, like you said, we go to Miami every year now. And Modelo's everywhere, and yeah. it's just a great beer to drink when it's like 85 degrees. I feel like I've seen their commercials a lot lately. I don't know why, yeah. but it's It's like funny, Jake, everywhere. it's funny that you say that, because Jake has got, like, every beer I enjoy, Jake has gotten me into it. Yeah. And the one beer I got him into is Modelo, 12 ounce Modelo cans, <laughs> but awesome. we, had, yeah, we had in Miami yes. two years ago. We were down in Miami for Wakefest at Jay Wakefield, and they were, it was just, it's, it's like their go-to beer down there. Yeah. And I had actually on, like, a, a vacation in Mexico, like, forever ago. But anyways... I don't know. I love that beer. I can't. I can't get enough of it. That and uh, we crush high lifes over at uh, Bayside Bowl. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome. awesome. Uh, you mentioned Miami, and I, th- I think you were getting at that. What, what's the beer scene like in Miami? I know the Chinese food uh, scene sucks down there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I never thought of the Chinese. And the food pizza scene, scene sucks. So. Yeah. We found one good pizza place. We did actually. I think it's yeah. like brand new. They're like a year yeah. old or something, two years old. But yeah, give it time. You made <laughs> you made some good points about last year over the year before when we were down there about the, we were in the Wynwood Wynwood neighborhood mm-hmm. but uh yeah Wynwood uh honestly it's kind of like Brooklyn basically it's like an old industrial area but it's just being taken over by like the food and beverage scene uh artists there's tons of great uh like I don't say graffiti but like murals and stuff like mm-hmm. that uh yeah it's just it's developing very rapidly like to the point yeah we notice like big improvements many new places from year to year which is cool. great Bring it on. So yeah, yeah. We, we originally went down there and we're, I was thinking Florida. Sorry, for people from Florida, but I think we have a lot of people who are like, oh, Maine, like in the middle of nowhere. You yeah. know, we have Port- <laughs> Portland's like our one, our one, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say our one place either, but you know, I think when people get to Portland or, and the, the rest of the state's known for its beauty, but as far as like a metro area, Portland's, yeah. I think, a surprise to some people sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we went down there not really having any expectations and, and we got a Airbnb in Wynwood because it was just a good, it was close to where, the, where Wakefest was. And we were just like, we just fell in love with those awesome. Yeah. And we were happy to go back down this year. We were invited back and um, we had just a great time. Little Havana is awesome. Just traveling nice. around, traveling around uh, there is great. Uh, just like a really nice, diverse culture. Lots of yeah. awesome people. So, so cool. it's not like the Will Smith song. Uh, yes. <laughs> if you go downtown, yeah. Sort of, sort <laughs> downtown Miami, yeah, for sure. South Beach, yeah. Yeah, South Beach. For you sure. have a cigar, but you don't light it. It's just for the looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, Erica, do you want to ask the, All right. the, we'll the million it. dollar Let's, question? Yeah. So um, the question is just what are you most proud of? And that's as vague as you want it to be. You know, whatever whatever you're proud of. Uh, as far as brewery related, I guess we'll stick to that. <laughs> uh, the fact that we have kind of stuck to our guns as far as growing slow and steady at the pace we want to grow at. Uh, not because we think there's like more demand out there. You know, not just adding tanks because yeah. we know we can sell the beer or whatever. We add tanks and expand when we can do it and when we want to do it. Yeah, we were, and I, I echo that sentiment. I'm just proud of the fact that we're still in operation. Neither of us went to college, um, you know, self, self-taught home brewers, and we started with where they're on $30,000, get things rolling. So I'm definitely proud of that. It's not like it hasn't been done before, you know? So it's still. And, <laughs> yeah, and there, there are plenty of the breweries out there. So, I'd say there's an entrepreneurial spirit, but I don't consider us, us entrepreneurs because it's it's not like a new product, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm very proud of that, and and uh, I'm I'm really happy for what we have. Awesome. So, where are you guys located? So our listeners can come up here and uh, check you out both locations, and then on social media. Sure. Yeah. Um, one industrial way um, over right right across the street from Al Gash is the best way to describe that location. 
uh, same building as Battery Steel Foundation Brewing. And then uh, 115 Fox Street in Portland, which is the same building as Rising Tide, actually. So right down here in the East Bayside neighborhood. Cool. And I'd say for social media, Instagram is the, is the best go-to. Facebook is, is uh, live and, and informational as well. But yeah. Facebook is we're running stories, day-to-day information, events about the, the taste room. And, yeah. and also our, our website, too. Uh, we keep a really uh, close watch on our what's available on, on both tasting rooms as far as cool. on draft. It's updated daily. Nice. So you can trust in what you find there for information and, and information about every beer as well. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. So make sure you get here early because I know the Industrial Way place gets very, very busy. On the weekends. On the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> enjoy because Maine, this concludes our Maine trip yeah, for this, this time. Yeah, this is it. This is it. But Maine rules. Yeah. Sorry, and Massachusetts. Maine kind of rules. And until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hey guys, thank you once again for listening to our friends Austin Street in Portland, Maine. It was a lot of fun doing that episode and we really want to thank them for taking the time out of their day to do that. These episodes would not be made possible without our listeners because without you guys, we really would not have any of these awesome interviews that we have. No, we would just be talking to ourselves. And you (laughs) inspire us to continue to do more. Yep. And the only way that we can continue to get the great interviews that we get is by having subscriptions and great ratings like we have so far. So if you're listening for the first time or you haven't done so, make sure you make your way on to your favorite podcast app and rate us five stars because it helps us out more than you can even imagine. And with all that being said, boom, till next week, we got... We've got a really awesome guest for us next week. You guys want to guess what it is? Banded. Ooh. Ooh, Ryan. That might be it, actually. That might be it. But you know what, Ryan? It's another main brewery. Banded. As isn't that banded? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's banded. All right. Uh, Yeah. Cool. (laughs) That was a good guess. Great job, Ryan. Yeah. So uh, until next week. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.